You're listening to the SCTA United Podcast, a podcast for the teachers of the Sachem Central Teachers Association. My name is John Wesson. I'm a vice president for the SCTA. And thanks for listening, SCTA United. All right, it says I'm recording, so I am going to get started. My name is John Weston. I am here with Michael Isernia. Um, as an SCTA uh, vice president, I'd like to interview uh, somebody running for the Sachem Board of Education and uh, somebody who knows the Sachem Board of Education well. Mr. Isernia, welcome to the SCTA podcast. Thanks for joining well, thank me. Thank you, Mr. Weston. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, so you're, you're getting back into it, huh? Hopefully. I hope the uh, community says that's the truth. And uh, so you, you were on the board for five years, was it? Yeah, uh, just short of five years. Uh, Dave Egloff had, um, he had resigned. I think he had moved to Florida. And so they had they needed to appoint someone. So uh, I was appointed in November of 2010, uh, and I served through till June 30th of 2015. Okay. A little, a little short of five years. Okay. Um, and overall, you know, you, you obviously you enjoyed your uh, your time on the board. Yes, the board the board board work is very very rewarding. Uh, there is no nothing greater uh, for the board members than to be at graduation of the two high schools. I didn't miss a one. Um, I always felt that that was in fact the culmination of everything that the community and the students and the staff are are working towards, and that's to get these kids. Uh, their high school diplomas and make the diplomas something that is worthy, that they got a lot out of it, get them ready for the next stage of their lives. Uh, once they've earned it, it can never be taken away from them. Uh, and it was nothing uh, I liked more than handing our newest alumni their diplomas as they walk through the stage uh, to gather them up and uh, take their pictures and their families can celebrate it. A, a really important lifetime achievement. It's true. It's, it's interesting. So, you know, I've been a teacher here for 14 years and Last year was actually my first year uh, chaperoning uh, the graduation as I'm the uh, National Honor Society advisor. And uh, it is, it's an austere ceremony. It's, you're thinking about it and you're thinking about, you know, the culmination of, uh, you know, of all their years. And, and uh, you know, so I hadn't really been to a graduation since my own high school graduation. So, uh, it, it, but it is, it's, it's a, you know, you think about everything that goes into uh, this day. Uh, and this culmination. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, I used to get a kick out of, uh, you know, we would get there early in the morning and I would see teachers from the elementary schools and principals from the elementary schools come in and they just wanted to see their kids. Uh, you know, which I always thought was so nice that they took such personal interest in the success of the kids that they had as little ones, you know, and then saw them move through and become young adults and, you know, pass through this milestone of life and that they helped you know, the staff and the community and the administration, the district, you know, created this opportunity for these kids and they earned this diploma, uh, something they'll always remember. You know, I, I remember my 1981 graduation of 15, almost, almost well, 1,200 kids on that mountainside at what is now North. Right, uh, right. You know, I, I still remember that. So it's something they'll always remember. And uh, what I really like is the fact that I know, I know our diplomas come with something and what they come with is an educational experience that is so worthy and unmatched uh in my opinion uh that it really provides them the foundation the basic foundation they need to start whatever the next phase of their life is going to be whether it's going to be a four-year college a two-year college military workforce 
whatever they choose, we, we prepared them. Uh, and that's, and that's what more can we ask? Right. I mean, from what it sounds, it's like you, I think you truly believe in that it, you know, it truly takes a village to, uh, to raise a child. Right. And to look at, you know, the, the teachers from, you know, from kindergarten to 12th grade and, and the impact that they've had. I think one of the traditions that we have in Sachem is, uh, the graduating seniors go back to their elementary schools and they do kind of a, a walkthrough, um, you know, a send off, if you will. And, uh, you know, I think that that kind of reflects how, you know, over over your time in Sachem, um, the impact that the different buildings and the different teachers and administrators and staff in those buildings have had on all the students. Yeah, I agree. I, I, my older daughter, in fact, who is 26, uh, she did that. And she went back to both. Her, uh, I'm sure she went back to Seneca, which was her middle school. And she did a forum with with the students there about you know, what she did to high school and what college she would be going to. Uh, and I'm sure that feedback just helps the next generation. It gives them that little boost of keep going, keep working hard. You know, you said a village. It's There's actually, you know, there's three pieces of this puzzle. There's the kids themselves, of course, which are most important stakeholder. There's us as the community to provide the support to you guys as the staff and the educational and structural staff to put that piece together. And when, we, when those three pieces are working together and, and mesh together, uh, I think the product, the kids, uh, um, get the best uh, we could possibly provide. Uh, and that's the most important thing. Opportunities, educational opportunities, uh, expand those where we can, increase our uh, our ability to provide them technology, uh, provide them support. Those are all important pieces of that puzzle that culminates, again, at that graduation ceremony. And hopefully every kid is, you know, gets into the college of their choice or one of the college of their choices or or chooses a path, a career path or something else. That whatever they want to do, we prepare them. Absolutely. Uh, so just want to ask you a question. What do you, you know, if, if you're looking to get back on the board, obviously, so what do you see for, for the future in Sachem uh, with you as a board trustee? What can we expect? Well, a couple of things. One is I'm sure everybody realizes that the U.S. now is for the first time since I was young is in a space race. Uh, we are back in the rocket business. We're back in the moon business. I mean, you see commercial enterprises. You see NASA. You see the Chinese. You see the Russians. Everybody's trying to get into the space race. I would really like to see us, at least at the upper levels, the 11th, 12th grade levels, uh, start to provide at least elective courses in some sciences, rocketry, drones, another important area. Uh, I don't know if we haven't have a model rocket club, where you know even at the elementary schools, uh, you know things like that, where they, you want to, you, you know, science and technology are going to move the country forward. Right. Uh, my, my undergraduate degree is in engineering, uh, although I, you know, I do have degrees in business and law, but. In the engineering part of it, the company that I work for is an engineering company. You know, I see the new technologies coming up. I want the U.S. to be at the forefront. I mean, we have our we have our, our robotics team, right? Which uh, I've actually, you know, from my time when I was on the board previously, I always supported that team. I wanted to make sure that team always was funded. And you know, I look back and I feel very personally rewarded that I've had parents walk up to me even years later and thank me for that support because. Their kid right now is working on a PhD at the University of Chicago in additive materials. And they got into their first college. One of the things they got into for was because they were on a robotics team. Yeah, I'm sure they had great grades other other places, but right. maybe that robotics team set them apart from the other applicants and they were able to get the college of choice. So you're going to see a big push for me uh, in the science areas to try to expand what we're offering, especially now knowing uh, you know, the U.S. The US is in a global economy and we're, everything is a global challenge now. Right. So 
So, okay. So, uh, so really a focus on STEM, right? The science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, so that's good. Uh, would you, are you looking to kind of expand that from, uh, you know, the lower grades on up as well? I would love to see, like, I, I think I just mentioned, I don't even know if we have uh, a model rocket club. I don't think you know? we do. That's, that sounds cool. I mean, I know there are other schools that have it and, you know, these things are, you know, they're, they're, they're in essence model rockets. They're not dangerous. And, uh, you know, we could show the kids, uh, you know, go through the whole launch sequence for them. Like NASA doesn't explain what, you know, thrust and weight, thrust to weight ratios and you know, nozzles and, and all these little details that they can learn. If they just learn the fundamentals in elementary school, maybe it'll pique an interest. Right. You know, and, and we'll get, we'll get that next the next, the next rocket scientist out of, out of Sachem, you know? No, that would uh, be Sage, great. Sachem produced a lot of great kids and uh, a lot of very famous people, um, not so famous, but very successful. Uh, you know, I'm very proud of Sachem. I'm very proud of what we what we do here as a district. I'm very proud of what our people do, what, you know, instructional staff, support staff, the community. We, we, we are, uh, we're a wonderful district and I hope people take advantage of it. I always say, and I, I think I might've mentioned it before, is that, I know every day thousands of great things happen in our classrooms. You know, I live next to Hiawatha, for those who don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, so every day I see those kids come out, of the, the buses go, and the kids, I hear them in the playground. And I know I know great things are, are happening every day. Across probably, the and probably especially this year, you've seen a lot more classrooms outside, right? That was the big, uh, that was the big push right. this year, is to get the kids outside a little bit more. But uh, I think that's been nice, too, is, uh, you know, to expand beyond the four walls of the classroom I, I those those are the kind of experiences that the kids remember that, that they grow on right it's true uh, i mean we have to face the fact that we are now we do have a, a small generation of people who experience a pandemic unlike the world has ever seen before right uh you know we are going to experience uh we did experience educational loss time no question uh you know obviously from march of last year especially right uh I know our teachers have been in the classroom since day one, which is, you know, great. Uh, but, you know, there are kids who are remote. There are kids who got behind. And, you know, I'm glad to see the board is going to put some things in place to try to fill those gaps mm -hmm. uh, and try to help those kids catch. You know, we want to catch them back up, get everybody back up to speed. Uh, so whatever we have to do to help that, of course, is is, is in play. Uh, it's uh, It's been a very trying year. It, and I, I will give credit to our existing board members. I, I think they were faced with something that, it is unparalleled. Sure. You know, you know, the SCTA knows, the administration knows this was something we've never seen before. Right. Live streaming, Live uh, streaming. quarantining, you know, like this is, uh, it's, it really was uh, unprecedented to, to use a word that everybody's been using. It, it was, it was unprecedented. I'm glad to see the numbers in Suffolk County dropping. Uh, yeah. They're well below two vaccines are vaccinations are up. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, we're moving into this post-pandemic world and we're going to get back to what we are used to. Uh, I think you're going to see that now. I think you see the state is opening up more things. Uh, I think you're going to see our, our kids be allowed to play more sports. You're going to see the parents be allowed to participate in the audience. I'm, I'm just glad. I'm glad about that. So Me too. Um, you know, one of the things that NYSIT, you know, our parent organization in New York State has, uh, has come out with over the past week uh, was a statement about next year that, uh, you know, we... We firmly believe that New York State should not mandate uh, remote teaching or remote learning, I should say, next year, and that teachers should not be expected to live stream next year. I'm um, just curious what your stance is on that. Uh, 
Well, my, my thoughts on that, first of all, is there's nothing, there's nothing better for a student, of course, than to be there with the teacher where the teacher can see the body language, the teacher can gauge the uh, attentiveness, the teacher can gauge the, whether the child's actually, and you're a special educator, I'm not, but just for my own kid, I know when you're, when you're looking at them and talking to them face to face, you can kind of tell when they're getting what you're saying. Right. Uh, so there's not, so if we're going to default to something, let's default to that. I can understand there might still be some instances where uh, the child has an illness, the child is sick, where they have to quarantine for state guidelines, where you can't let them fall behind if they have to go to a 10 day quarantine. So I guess there's going to have to be some, uh, what would you say, some accommodations for those kind of things. But I think the nicer, right, you know, we should move back now, especially knowing we know the numbers are coming down here in Suffolk County. We should move back to in classroom. We should get the kids back in. Because I'll, our elementary teachers, of course, have been there since day one. Secondary's been there since day one with half the kids and now the four, all the kids. So uh, I want to see that move back to get the kids in the classroom, get the kids back in front of your staff. Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be some accommodations made for special cases. So I don't know if you're going to be able to get rid of remote learning completely, but certainly we need to default back to what we would. Right. You know, so so you're more. saying kind of the default would be back to the in-person model, um, but for instances with quarantines related to the virus you can see uh either remote learning or live streaming because of that yeah I, I mean i would think you let's look at the elementary level where it's a little easy to talk about i mean you could have a group of fifth graders maybe they're all quarantined you know and but they're from different schools maybe we need to get a, a teacher on remote with them you know where they're all fifth graders hey we're all doing this let's get these kids keep them up to speed until they can go back to their building so right. you may see something like that uh Right. Yeah, I think these are probably going to be the conversations over the next couple of months in preparation right. for next year. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely something that, uh, you know, people have been talking about. People are concerned about it. I'll tell you from the teacher standpoint, um, sure. it has not been easy uh, live streaming and then, uh, you know, keeping track with students that are fully remote. Um, students who uh, went to the Rosa Academy, students who have come back from the Rosa Academy. It's, it's been a very, very inconsistent year. And I think uh, fear of that continuing is what is driving everybody's question of, of, you know, where remote learning is going for the future. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I wanted to fall back. If you're asking me my preference, we wanted to fall back to getting you guys in the classroom. Great. Uh, and the kids with, and the kids with you. Right. But I'm I'm sure because the illnesses, you know, the sickness is going to go on. Sure. You got to be some accommodations have to be made for those kids because you can't you don't want to leave them back. Right. Of you course. Them of course. Up, so. Right. Uh, and, and one, uh, you know, one a couple more things I'd like you to speak about. One thing that I know about you uh, from the past is uh, that you're a staunch advocate for education and uh, is that, you know, you're you're not afraid to um, go to Albany to advocate. Um, to, to talk to our politicians and, and advocate for, for more money. Um, I know that, you know, in the past when you were a board member, you uh, joined forces with, uh, with the SCTA president and uh, executive board and community members to advocate for Sachem. Uh, I don't know if you want to speak to that and speak about that specific uh, time period. Yeah, well, that, you know, before the pandemic, of course, I would have told you that was a very difficult time, you know, maybe the most difficult time the district faced, but there's no question what you've gone through the last year and a half is probably worse. But for those who remember that time period, uh, you know, there were, there were going to be cuts made. You know, I think Sachin was told they were going to lose 7%, and then when the cuts came, it was 16%, and we got told by Albany that, well, you know, you guys didn't burden your people enough. 
Uh, so we had to take more money from you. I always felt that was extremely unfair and in fact only rewarded bad behavior on the part of other districts. Um, so I did I did go up to Albany with, uh, I believe your president's name was Frank Scarico at the Scarico, time. Scarico, yes. Uh, and, and another board member and our, uh, a community member by the name of Sal Nicosia. Yep, we remember, we remember uh, Sal. Nicosia, God bless him. Uh, we went up to Albany. We spoke to a couple of the uh, legislators. We went up on the floor of the assembly and we just spoke to them about the fact that you know, Sachin was really being punished uh, unfairly, you know, for a district our size compared to other districts and what other districts had done. Um, uh, unfortunately, you know, not, it wasn't just our district, obviously other districts took a hit as well, but you know, over the course of that short period of time, you lose over a hundred million dollars, very difficult. And I'm glad now that the district has come back, you know, fully reserved. I think it's about $64 million, I want to say in reserves, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. Uh, I think the funding issues are hopefully are behind us on the state side. Um, you know, we need to do some things for the community as well. Uh, there are pieces of property that we're not using that certainly should be looked at. And I'm, I'm talking about the old Union Boulevard. Right, uh, right. Uh, old Boulevard uh, office. Yeah. That, that we looked at, you know, it's not being used, but it is costing the district money. Uh, we obviously we secure it. We light it. You know, we have to maintain it. Uh, it's also sitting in the town of Islip where we know. I don't know if you remember how the funding starts. You have a certain percentage in Brookhaven, a certain percentage in Islip, a certain percentage in Smithtown. Those kind of things flipped around a little bit. Islip took a bigger hit, uh, a couple percentage points over, over all that money. So, you know, it'd be good to get that piece of property back on the tax rolls. You know, not right now it's on the tax rolls, so you're not helping the base. So there are things we can do ourselves internally, financially, to help the district. And there are things we should be doing up in Albany to make sure that we are getting, you know, our fair share. Uh, based on our population, based on our kids, based on our needs uh, from the state. So that's and that's where you need to get to the Doug Smiths. You need to get to the Alexis Weeks. You need to get to the governor. You know, you have to. You have to be your own. Only you can be your own best advocate. So, Absolutely. You know, I, I will certainly be there uh, for the community. Uh, I'm sure the SCTA will be there for for their staff and yep. the administration and uh, you know, working together, putting that, putting the full force of that face forward. You know, you, you would hope that you get some response. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's kind of, uh, you know, along uh, the lines of what you were talking about earlier with kind of coalition building and having all the right people uh, link up to advocate together, uh, you know, because we're all we're all here for the best education possible for the students. And, you know, that's where, like you said, you, you want to reach out to, um, you know, uh, Assemblyman Doug Smith to, to Senator Week. And, you know, Assemblyman Smith is a former student of mine. So, uh, you know, oh, we, right, we've, right, right. we've had some meetings this year and, and uh, you know, he's definitely an advocate for Sachem. But, uh, you know, that's something I like to hear that, you know, you, the board uh, would join these conversations as well and, uh, you know, and, and continue the advocacy because um, you know, and the collaboration uh, that all these interest groups are doing uh, and to do it together, you know, and, and that's nice to hear. Um, from coming from, you know, a former board member and, and hopefully a future board member. Well, we're not we're not adversaries, right? The, the community is not should not be adversarial to its instructional staff. They should be working together, finding common ground, and moving forward for the benefit of the kids. So it is in both our mutual interests to make sure we get fully funded, you know, get or get what we deserve from Albany, right? That, Absolutely, that's a, a mutual interest of stakeholders. So we should be obviously working together on that. Absolutely. I'm sure the administration agrees too. You know, they would want to be part of that conversation as well. Right. Uh, 
So it's not it's not an adversarial relationship, yeah. nor should it be. Right. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Um, well, I want to thank you for your time. I really do. This uh, this has been a great discussion, and I really uh, appreciate the opportunity. It's, it's it's you know really nice to be able to talk one to one and uh, let your staff and your people know you know how I feel. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I do appreciate I, I do appreciate their endorsement. That that's uh, uh, meant a lot to me. So. Thanks again. Absolutely. Mike, I certainly appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck um, on uh, May 18th, right? The vote is uh, is coming up. Yep, May 18th. And uh, where can the voters uh, go to vote? Uh, if they're local elementary schools, with the exception not the Cumps and not Gaylock. Okay. It's where their kids go. The you 10, know, the the ten open uh, elementary Ele- schools. Correct. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Icerny. I appreciate it and wish you luck. Thank you, Mr. Weston. Good speaking with you. You too. Take care.